ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now. Hello and welcome to the Christmas episode of the Fantasy Fitback Pod. We are, of course, the podcast that talks about the cinch through the unique lens of fantasy football. I am joined, as ever, by Mr. Ginger Claus himself, Robert Scobie. How you doing, pal? I'm all right, John. I want to be serious for a second because there's been some there's been some rumors circulating um, with regards to last year's um, pod episode live from the shed with Jerry. And people have been saying that under the restrictions that Scotland were in, that may or may not have been breaking the rules. And what, what I want to say to everyone that, that, that may have taken offence to that is that you know we apologise, but that was a business meeting. It's a gathering. And there was no fucking social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> the next the next thing you'll have is Jerry, of course, in floods of tears outside yeah. his house. <laughs> Jerry's going to be outside the house residing from the pod. Well, we hope not, John, because a little special announcement for our, uh, for our pod loyal. We That's are going to be recording live <laughs> in the shed, restrictions or not, this December. Um, yeah. And Jerry, we think, we think, if we can afford his fees, we'll be making an appearance once again. He'll be back in back the house. Shed. How are you, oh. mate? You well? Do you know what? I've actually had a shite day, Scooby. <sighs> well, I came out, came out this morning, punctured tire on my bike. No. So then I had to walk my bike to work. Lost my gloves. Why didn't you just leave the bike at home? Wow. Hindsight is a wonderful <laughs> thing. Got to work. Thought I'd have some toast for breakfast. Burnt my toast. And then at, at halftime, at lunchtime, I thought, right, I'll get my uh, bike to the bike shop. Mike's Bikes or whatever it's called on Google Maps. Walk it 20 minutes to there. Obviously, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, opticians was there instead. <laughs> so I eventually dropped my bikes off at, at, at Evans, get there five minutes to seven before it before um, it shuts and realise that I've left the keys to unlock my bike in the office. <laughs> it's just been one of those days, Scooby, and I'm hoping the pods will be uh, slightly more positive towards me. How have you been getting on? Oh, mate, it's been one of those days for me too. But do you know what? I think I think things are looking up. Um, we've had a bit of football action between uh, now and the last time we recorded, which I think is going to be a running three theme throughout December as we try and keep up with uh, the, the 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 loaded fixture list um, this this sort of festive period. So I'm all right, John. But I think we're going to pick each other up. We're going to get stuck right into what's been happening in Scottish football the last few weeks. Um, okay. We're going to see where we get to. Stuck in the cinch, Scooby. Stuck in the cinch. Only one thing for it. And listeners, we're going to bring back Bra or not. We've not done that in a while. We have not. Last from and the past. I'm going, to, I'm going to charge you with starting us in a positive note. John Moore, what is your bra? <laughs> so the thing is, Scooby, my bra was meant to be positive and it was meant to be all about double game weeks and how bra they are. <laughs> But Martin Boyle sticking a penalty that I believe the ball 
has still not yet landed from against <laughs> Livingston and Davy Martindale's Barmy Army. It's slightly punctured, shall we say, the double game week momentum. And I just thought it was interesting. The boy I was at the pub with earlier uh, sent a good tweet. And this is from a guy. He says, took in Livingston Hibs tonight. Dreadful evening for Jack Ross and his team. Missed penalty. Two red cards. Ryan Porches injured. Another defeat and a section of support calling loudly for the manager's head. Confidence looks low and games coming thick and fast. Mm. Getting desperate. It is. I mean, I didn't think we'd get onto Hibs um, so you know, early in the episode, but um, I will do so with relish. And it is a bit of a disaster. Uh, I, you know, I spoke to a good friend of mine, a big Hibs man, and I think it did feel like, you know, the win over Saints was that turning point they maybe needed. Mm. Scott Allen comes on, changes the game, couple of goals, 2-1 win against the head to stave off what would have been six losses in a row. And you think maybe you can build at the right time. Funny how those things happen. They're going into the Rangers game, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, Hibs Rangers has been a juicy fixture of late. So could there be something there? But then since then, lost to Rangers, draw with Motherwell, and then now tonight, a loss against Livingston. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where they go from here, to be honest. I think it's a really poor situation. And they might turn around, but, you know, their aspirations of being third challenging like they were at the start of the season seem to be well and truly out the window at the moment so yeah well I mean they've got Samirin they've got Samirin up next and Samirin are much better I think they've got uh, not one in eight games Mm. so that'll be interesting but yeah I mean Hibs apart from obviously beating Rangers at Hamden in the League Cup semi-final which by the way is a huge achievement and I totally get why Jack Ross gets a little bit of Mm -hmm. you know buffer for that yeah but yeah, Hibs have been on a honking run. It's something like four points from the possible 28, 27, sorry, 28. Yeah. It's not possible from nine points. <laughs> um, do you think do you think if he doesn't win the cup game, he's I, you know, certainly the noise is louder. Do you think he's on yeah. almost think, 45? No, I, I I mean, as I was chatting to Mike tonight, he seems to think he's closer than he is. I don't think he is. Like he's got him to the League Cup final. They're still sitting. In, they're still sitting around the top six. There's still plenty of time to come back from the the position they're in. But you know, we all dived in on Hibs' assets to try and put a fantasy football Scotland chuck on this, mm-hmm. uh, and they and quite frankly they haven't delivered. I took a four point hit to get Josh Doigan. I believe you did too as well, Scobie, or you definitely did two transfers. Uh, no, I had two transfers, but then I had vice captain yeah. Doig. So I had captain vice yeah. captain brought me eleven points. So me. you know, Martin Boyle missed the penalty tonight. Absolute disaster. So what I'm saying, Scooby, is double game weeks are brawl because we've got Celtic coming up and surely we can trust Celtic assets to deliver. They're at home to Motherwell. They're up at Dingwall. We, we've Absolutely. Got Absolutely. There's quite a few, isn't there? Hibs are going again, but we've probably lost face in them and then Rangers too. So there's a lot of double game weeks on the cards that we're going to get quite excited about, I'm sure, as we, as we sort of get into the episode. But you know, the way that Rangers are playing at the moment, even though they're playing hearts, um, you know, I still think that you, you're you going to fancy that. But yeah, the Celtic one is just mouth-watering mm. um, at the moment. But then again, Hibs, can you stop yourself when they've got St. Mirren and Dundee? 
and you know, do, do you dare to dream that they're finally going to turn the season around? Based on tonight's performance, no. But if you if you're already loaded with Hibs mm-hmm. assets, you're you're certainly thinking about it. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna flip it round. I'm gonna go with my no, and I'm gonna end on a positive. Boo. So my no, and it's a short one, and I swear it's an impartial thing. I'm 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 calling out here. But why the heck is it taking them so long to implement and approve VAR in Scottish football? Oh, that is a can't... controversial point to bring up. It's not going to be ready, they've announced today, by the start of next season now. Yet the plans we've been told are clear and robust. Do we need to be careful what we wish for, John? That's a can of worms that I don't think needs to be opened. But... <laughs> I've been opening a lot of cans tonight, so I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Yoga's goal wouldn't have scored, uh, wouldn't have counted at all. So yeah. that's what I want to point out. And, you know, we do go on about uh, standard officiating mm. in Scottish football at times and the decisions going against particularly smaller clubs in the league. And I will stand out and say that Dave Martindale in the impassioned speech, um, you know, this weekend mm. after Livingston did perform very well against Hearts. We'll come on to that. Uh, and obviously they backed that up by beating Hibs tonight. So, I think... No, look, I, I, I agree. I think VAR needs to come into the game. VAR needs to come into the Scottish football in the way that it was in the Euros and more so in the way it's been in the English Premiership this season. Mm-hmm. The first year it was introduced, the English Premiership was an absolute fucking shambles. And yeah, if it is like that, then it needs to stay so far away from our game. It is beyond belief. Yeah. Um, to be honest... The first step I would make before introducing VAR is just actually goal line technology because that is something that's black and white. It can't be discussed in the pub. The yeah. ball is either over the line or it isn't. And we haven't even got to that point yet. So my probable first step for next season would just be bringing that in. But that's just my opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take that. John, what is your not? Let's get the negativity out in the open. Let's get it out. Let's get out, especially after my, honestly, flat puncture day and, and all the rest. So my negative uh, no is actually, and it's again, to be honest, it's not fantasy football Scotland related because what is on this podcast? Um, it is Callum Butcher quite rightly actually getting his yellow card increased to a red card for his tackle at Tannadice against Celtic. It was a shocking tackle. Could have been leg breaker. Really, really bad. Was. But my question to you, Scobie, is why can we increase a yellow to a red but not decrease a yellow to nothing? See, oh. Funzo Ojo. Uh, that's a very good point, John. Not one I've spent an awful lot of time deliberating on. Uh, you know. Yes, I think there needs to be uh, more of a, uh, a, a court of session in Scottish football, perhaps, to, to review these decisions. Butchers was a horrible challenge. Um, I think that was the right decision to be made. And much should be made out of it in the media and, and whatnot since the challenge, I think. Oh, of course it has, because it's yeah. against Glasgow Celtics, Scooby. Yes, yes. I mean, there's, there's one there's one to leave mm-hmm. on the fence, maybe. But, um, yeah, a poor, a poor challenge for sure. Let's, let's not forget as well that, you know, Callum Butcher is uh, already on five yellow cards this season, which actually behind the Fantasy Football Scotland podcast, darling, Kevin Van Veen, is the third most in the league. So, you know, this 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 man is not um, unfamiliar, shall we say, to a tough tackle. No, he's not. He's not. He's no angel. He's no angel. 
John, that I think brings me very cleanly onto my bra this week. And I and I and I don't mean to sit here as a Hearts fan and you know just wax lyrical about Hearts players, but the time has come to acknowledge the value of Craig Gordon. David Martindale said he's probably been worth nine to twelve points this season for Hearts, and I couldn't agree more. If anything, I felt that was slightly generous, you know, in terms of the amount of points he's, he's delivered for us. I think it's maybe even 12 to 15. Um, we need a bit of analysis to go back and look at that. But if you take into account the momentum that he's provided us by keeping us in games and winning them and going forward, um, it's just quite unbelievable. And the fact of the matter is he's also done that for Scotland. I don't actually think that fantasy football Scotland points in themselves can sort of duly reflect his value but I just want to take a moment for Big Craigie, uh, particularly that triple save against Livingston, if you've not seen it. Just yeah. I think that Fantasy Football Scotland uh, points, if there was a way to reflect the, the, the value in what he's doing and what he's done saves like that, um, it would be amazing to, uh, you know, for, them, for them to be able to, but I understand that um, these are intangibles at times that, that, that can't always be. But yeah, Big Craig Gordon, All right. fantastic. All right, let me let me let me flip that argument on you. Totally agree. Craig Gordon's, especially the the save that was going into the top corner, was absolutely unbelievable, and cannot disagree at all that he's been brilliant for Scotland. And we all hope that he can carry that form into the playoff mm-hmm. uh, against the Ukrainians in March. However, I will just put a point in. You know, fantasy people of Scotland do listen to us, and they do listen to the 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 wider um, minority, shall we say that play this game. And they did introduce bonus points this season and save points as well. And purely from bonus points, due to my extremely rough additions, I think Craig Gordon's got 17 this season out of 84, which is, which is, you know, borderline 25% increase in points. And he's also made a rake of saves. So I think he is, you know, getting... Um, enough recognition maybe not enough you could always do it more but he's definitely getting a lot of recognition in fantasy football Scotland yep. and, what, and what we can say is he's definitely the best goalkeeper asset to have in the game without a shadow of a doubt yeah fair enough I'll agree I'll take your point and I do I do agree I think the addition of the safe points and the bonus points has certainly worked in his favour so um, I'll stand down on that one definitely um, but yeah here's the big Craig and here's to hopefully many more years. He thinks he can go to the World Cup. He thinks he can do another Euros. I think he's got a few more years in him at this stage. Um, you think of other great sporting icons playing into their forwards, the likes of Tom Brady. I think Craig Gordon's on that par, is he not? Standing. <laughs> Doubled in. Doubled in. Uh, well, John, that wraps this up. Uh, that was a fruity first section. I think we can get into, into part two now um, and have a look back on what's been happening in December. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitback pod. It is 11.05pm. That means it was three hours since Martin Boyle took his penalty against Livingston. And I confirm, listeners, it is still rising. (laughs) The key thing is he did also win the penalty. The very least. 
that cancels out the penalty miss from a points perspective. It did. So captaining him, as I did, and I'm sure many people did, got you eight points this week. So Mees- Pretty measly. So bad. Not what we were hoping for. Anyway, Scobie. Captain Tony Watt. Say and forget. That's what I say. I love it. I think Tony Watt's a man. He is. He is. Look, let's get into it, though. We're going to look back at a couple of weeks of action. The first two weeks, really, of uh, December. Um, although we've you know we've got a little bit from the last weekend of November to touch upon. But I really want to focus on where we are in November. Lots to be made of this big month in Scottish football. So, John, I've got a couple of questions for you. Mm. Kick things off. Please. I don't expect you. I mean, I know your, your, your Scottish footballing knowledge is second to none. But out of 12 games that we've had across the first two game weeks in December, how many clean sheets have we had? How many? I think quite a few. So I'm I'm gonna guess six. Ten. Ten. Ten oh. clean sheets. Almost one a game. Wow. Which is quite impressive. Scottish football's been a free scoring league, the premiership has been this year. Um, in the most part. So ten clean sheets, quite interesting. And then more interesting than that, when you dig into it, it's only Rangers and Celtic, unsurprisingly, with two apiece, both going for solid clean sheet records in uh, December, as I say. So what does that tell us? Inconsistent. Teams that are capable, more than capable, of um, gathering clean sheet points in the league, um, yet not doing so. I've been been having a rant about this tonight already. I think my, my theory about the Cinch Premiership just now is that no team is more than probably two games away from their fans having a meltdown or a riot. <laughs> I feel like everyone is on the verge of just being pissed off. Yeah. I, you know, we'll probably get on to Aberdeen and they've had a decent enough December, but they were a game or two away from, you know, boards getting up saying glass out, it's done. And Hibs are at the same point. St Mirren haven't won in eight games. Like, it is just the aggression and a level of pissed offness across the cinch. I just love it. You're absolutely right. And it, it somewhat sweetly brings me on to my next question, which I think will be simpler for you to answer. Who is the top scoring team in December and how many goals have they scored? Well, you, you've, you've teed me up, I hope, for Aberdeen. I could be wrong. You're correct. And how many goals have they scored? Six. Very good. Impressive month for Aberdeen so far. As you say, shattered glass. It was on the verge. It was up. It was down. It was down again. Are we on another up? What's clicking? Six goals, two wins, one goal conceded. An interesting fact within that. Yeah, I think the lovely thing there is that Aberdeen did keep a clean sheet under Stephen Glass, which has been very rare. Um, But, I mean... You know, you've got to take into account the opposition, surely. Like Livingston and St. Mirren are both teams, you know, in that bottom sort of relegation battle. But at the same time, um, they've got hedges back from injury. And the key person, I think, personally, is Marley Watkins. This guy, this guy um, is made for the cinch. He's quick. He's strong. He can finish. And he just, he seems to love to play at Pataudry, which I don't think many people do, especially in December when the weather is, you know, horizontal sleet in your face. 
Uh, he's been brilliant. But yeah, Aberdeen have done that. Another player that they've brought in that probably isn't Fantasy Football Scotland, because I think Watkins is Fantasy Football Scotland relevant and will be someone that I think we should all consider bringing in. But Jet's back. Mm. And um, he just, he has this sort of calmness about him. And he's probably a luxury player compared to maybe playing a defensive midfielder, say, against slightly better opposition. But Jet is that luxury player against these poorer teams that Aberdeen can really use quite heavily. So you've got Jet, Ramirez, Hedges, all going forward. And then, yeah, the Dons have been decent the last couple of games. Fair play to Glass. He's, he seems to be slowly turning round a ship that was heading to an iceberg. I got overexcited the weekend and asked you if I was if I was possibly going to be doubling up Marley Watkins and Christian Ramirez mm. in my fantasy team going forward. If it weren't for double game weeks, it might have been a consideration. He scored, yeah. and it's inconsistent, but since the game against Hearts in week 12, uh, 32 points in six weeks. To be fair, four of those weeks, two points, but he's played uh, mm. consistently, and he has three goals to his name. Two, obviously, there against St. Mirren. One goal against Hearts. Look, he's an interesting asset, and he's four point four million at the moment. What percentage is he owned? If you got it in front of you, his ownership at the moment is one point three percent. Which yes, so he's mad low owned, which is quite interesting. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of Ramirez is you know heavily owned. Oh, I mean, he's thirty six percent there. So so. Incomparable, and he's, he's quite a bit cheaper than Ramirez as well. Mm-hmm. Watkins could be one of those players that's worth taking a punt on at that value. He's sort of he's less than Bruce Anderson, um, playing consistently for Aberdeen. We think good, oh, definitely. If, if 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 Watkins is fit, he 100% starts, yeah, um, which is which is great. And that, yeah, the, the reason he hasn't been so productive is basically because of injury. Mm-hmm. He had a great spell under McInnes um, at the start of last season. They basically kept McInnes in a job, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's now he's now producing the goods. And yeah, as I say, he just seems like a guy that is just made for the cinch. There's not many players you can say that about. Him and Scott Wright both clicked at the start of the season, didn't they? Remember him? God. <laughs> so yeah good times at Bittardry perhaps and a, an interesting month December will be but as you said I think a really good point John lots of clubs very much on the edge um, Hibs we've talked about already so we won't dwell on them too much another team I'm just going to put a little bit of respect on their name over the last few weeks Dundee 3-0 win over Motherwell at the end of November and a 1-0 win over uh, victory over Saints Interesting. Mm. They're a feisty team, Dundee. When they're bad, they're very bad. But when they're good, they can pull off results. And they've proved that this year so far. The three players to sort of pick out, McMullen, McCowan, and McGowan. That's fucking hard to say (laughs) after a few glasses of wine, I'll tell you that. Say it again. Six of the bunch. And all relatively cheap as well. McMullen, 3.8 million, 54 Mm. points. Brilliant. McCowan, 4.2 million, 42 points. Pretty good. And then again, McGowan, 3.8 3.8 million, 39 points. So yeah. McMullins, you're going to pick up the bunch there. Do you like any of those selections? Are you thinking about we've done the asset maybe in amongst the mix? Yeah, yeah, I do like them all. I like all of them. You can have take a pick on any of them. Mm. I think the key for me with Dundee is they drop Lee Griffiths. Yeah. You know, when when Griffiths was at, like, look, we all 
have fond memories of what Lee Griffiths can do, but in the cinch, you know, we, we forget fast. And so dropping him has been good because as soon as he came on at Ibrox, especially at the weekend, I mean, he's the man's lucky to be on the park, right? He's, he's been involved in three or four tackles that, quite frankly, could have ended up and been sent off, similar to me and my six-a-side team tonight. So, yeah, for me, probably McGowan or McMullen. I quite like those two yeah. more. Yeah. There's, there's, another, there's another one in there that I think is worth talking about, and it was especially his performance at Ibrox that was excellent, was Adam Legston's. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he's a really nice, cheap goalkeeper. If you're wanting those two goalies in your team, Legsons comes in at just 2.4 million. And there's not many goalies sitting in that price range anymore that are starting for teams and is making saves. So he'd be another one I'd just consider. Exactly, and, and keeping clean sheets as well. I was saying against Motherwell and Saints, I mean, Saints got their goal-scoring problems, so that's maybe less surprising. But Motherwell have scored goals this year, and it just goes to show the Cinch is unpredictable and Dundee are unpredictable. So... You could do a lot worse, you're right. If you went for a more luxury goalkeeping asset, you could save a bit of budget with um, with Adam. So, like those selections, to steal a phrase from you and to cross to the other side of Dundee, we've not probably talked about Dundee enough on this pod this year, but Dundee United, I believe, are a sell. Mm. Four goals conceded be Celtic and Motherwell, zero goals scored. It's pretty tough times. Tam Court at the moment. We were all very hot on Edwards. We were very hot on um, McCann. We were hot on Mulgrew, particularly a defensive record in the in the start of the season. The well, majority of the start of the season where they were obviously tied with Hearts in, in third. And they're still sitting around there. They've amassed a good points total, but things just don't seem particularly good for them. It feels like there's not an awful lot um, midfield and attacking-wise for them um, to make any kind of an impact on the game at the moment. Yeah. Right or is that wrong? No, I completely agree. And like, they've obviously got Rangers coming up as well. So it's a sort of a void. McMahon is a guy that I think you brought in a few weeks ago, has found himself out of favour at United. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think Spoles dropped in. Remember Adrian Spoel? I think he's dropped back into that left back spot. Um, so, yeah, to have a player that's not even starting for them, it, it is. It's I think I think with with United when they were on that purple patch of form, a lot of us were sort of asking how are they doing it, yeah, and we're all sort of realizing that maybe it was just that bit of form and it's unpredictability of the cinch. But yeah, yeah, looking at Dundee United's fixtures coming up, I mean, go you know, call Livingston coming up this weekend. Livingston have played really well against Hearts. They've just mm-hmm. beaten Hibs. I think they'll fancy themselves going away against a Dundee Agreed. United. They're right next. They've got Agreed. Rangers at Ray Ibrox. They're not going to win that. Mm-hmm. Hibs at home on Boxing Day. It would just be yeah. Hibs to win that, to pick themselves up on Boxing yeah. Day. Big game. You know, they'll, they'll probably carry a good support up to Dundee United there to see the game. And then they've got Samirin at home. I mean, that's a yeah. really tough month. It gets better in January for them. But look so at for, yeah. It's horrible. No, I agree. So for me, looking at my team, got I've got Freeman and Harks in my team. I think those are two positions that I'm looking to um, sell and turn into hopefully someone we work out on this podcast tonight. That well, exactly. We Talking about, as you say, maybe it is a, it's a, it's a McMullen or something, you know, a Dundee, a Dundee United player It's going to be kind of cheap enough. Defensively, let me throw another one into the mix. Here's a question for you. How many goals have Ross County conceded in their last three games? The last three? Oof. See, I, I know they were... I was nil-nil against St Mirren. Mm-hmm. And then 
So I'm going to say one. Exactly right. Very good, Gunmore. One goal in three games, Ross County. Quietly, say it quietly. Do we fancy a little Ross County defender in the mix? Ross County players back in vogue. Things I mean, about. I mean, they have scored points at point. We've liked Spittle, we've liked um, Regan mm. Cook. Um, you know, there's been players there that have sort of got the value. We've not really talked about defenders, but actually, it's tightened things up. Um, yeah. On. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at defenders, I mean, the top scoring defender for them is Harry Clark at mm. 2.6 million. Probably wouldn't look much further than him, to be honest. And mm. um, try not to get too clever with it. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were all talking about, yeah, as you say, the Ross County sort of midfield assets that were that were really exciting. And all of a sudden, we're talking about Harry Clark. Exactly, exactly. And look, you, you can see a lot worse. He's 1.7% on, 0.3% on Connor Randall. Played just about every minute for them this year, I think. Mm. You know, and if they are picking up points, he's sitting there at 2.4 million. So really cheap budget option for you there. And every so often, you know, Ross County got Dundee coming up this weekend. They've got Livingston two weeks time. They've got the double game week as well. I mean, the... so that's Harry Clark. They got sent off against Dundee United school. Is that you telling us to put in the team? No, I'm saying Randall, Connor Randall. <laughs> yeah, you were talking. That was me. <laughs> yeah, that was you, buddy. That was you, buddy. Uh... <laughs> Just try to pass that one on, but uh, yeah, didn't, didn't get didn't get through you. <laughs> didn't work very well tonight, though. No, not tonight. Not tonight. So, Luke, lots to look forward to. We've got four fixtures for most clubs anyway um, over the coming weeks in December. Um, now week sort of gets a little bit more back into sort of like Saturday, Saturday vibe. And then we've got Boxing Day and a game in the midweek before New Year. So we'll have lots to talk about, I'm sure, um, when, we're, when we're, you know, in the shed um, before, the, before the New Year's fixtures, but, but plenty more action to come between now and then and lots to think about. Do you know that does us for part two? That does us. I've got a rake of questions for part three. Let's get in there. Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. I can confirm that neither Scobie or I are at a gathering. But it might be a party. Have I got that right or have I got that wrong? Well, there was cheese and wine, but it was a business meeting, John. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. And it, and it was a party, not a gap. No, it was a gap. I can't remember. It was one of them. Double doom. Just... Just double doing. <laughs> All right, this is the part, listeners, that we are going to look forward to the coming game week. And the coming game week is actually really exciting because it's a double game week for both Celtic and Rangers. You know, we don't like to wax lyrical about the two ugly sisters too much in this podcast, but with two games in one week for each of them, we have to be thinking about those assets going forward. So, Scobie, what I'm going to ask you is just how are you thinking about playing your team for the game week going forward? Are you thinking that to get a hit, to get a couple of them in? You know, Celtic um, assets, we are we kind of know where we want to be. Is Ralston going to be fit? Question. Is Jota going to be fit? Question. We know Turnbull's been brilliant. You know, grudgingly, that was actually a pretty good touch and finish over Benji Segrist. And uh, Gerard under Van Staunchhorst, are we now seeing a pattern of players that we can actually invest in? 
Very good questions all around, John. So that was about nine questions. So if you just want to take them from the top, you don't mind. <laughs> Where do I even begin? Yeah, look, it's an interesting thing and probably an interesting place that a lot of us find ourselves in and that I think we probably mostly got Jota. So that's an issue. The fact that Jota's there, 7 million, got the injury as well. So how do we, how do we play that into this week? It's a real temptation to take a really big hit as we go into it. It'd be a lovely week to have the free hit chip, wouldn't it, if we had FPL-style rules? Mm. Um, but we don't, so we've got to think about that one. I think Rangers, for me, whilst I can see clearly that they're playing very very well at the moment, there still isn't. If you look into, if you dig into the points, uh, Tavernier, Aribo, Morelos have scored a solid amount of points in their positions. They come with a price tag. But actually, there's a huge drop-off from there on each of the positions if you look at the Rangers' assets. I think the next high-scoring midfielder for Rangers is Kamara. You had a bit of time with Kamara, and it didn't really serve you that well. Sakal is really tempting. He's 5.5 million, and he has started every so often for Gio. Yeah. Um, but he's not consistent. So he did start last weekend. I mean, if he started playing, there's your man. I thought, yeah, I thought he was brilliant against Dundee, actually, having watched the uh, watch sports scene back. Yeah. He was um, you know, playing on that left wing and really looked um really creative, causing them all sorts of danger. I mean, it was a pretty one-sided affair, yeah. as I said, apart from Legston's saving a lot. So maybe Sakala's well I have got Brophy, Brophy's now out for a while, so five point mm. four million. He's a sort of straight swap. Mm. You know, so he's really tempting, you know, just at that sort of value. But then if we flip over Celtic, I think there's more interesting stuff going on there. Okay, we've had the injuries. Clear a pick out maybe from Celtic, Mikey Johnson. Yeah. 4.2 million. So he's a rental. He's not going to continue to play, but he's played uh, the whole game against them, the United there. Thought he played pretty well. Mike, Mikey Johnson's been around the league for a while. He's been in the Celtic squad, mm-hmm. obviously went out alone, etc. So as well. So, you know, he's knowing. Uh, I think Mikey Johnson might get an opportunity um, just with where they are. So yeah. it's not a bad option there either. Totally agree. If you listen to Ange's comments um, after Jota uh, was ruled out for, you know, we don't quite know how long. I'd imagine probably he's not going to play this weekend as well. And Ange's specific comments where it's time for Mikey Johnson to step up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a 4.2 billion Celtic forwards. Playing at the moment. I mean, it goes without saying, and I I don't have Furhashi. I've had had Jota and I actually had Turnbull until last week when I spoke. Is that, is that, Kyogo Furuhashi, who loves to stay on his feet. Furuhashi. Yeah, that is, yeah, the wee dog and fanny, but anyway, he's very good. <laughs> so I will probably need to bring him in. I, I can see Kyogo going on a bit of a run, and I would not begrudge someone playing the triple captain chip with Kyogo this game week. I don't think that's the silliest thing you could think of doing. So no. I think if, you, if, you, if you've got to get Jota out of the team, bring in Kyogo, Maybe think about Mikey Johnson. If you could stretch to Morelos in that forward position, then I think that's not a bad decision. You've brought Morelos in, haven't you? You've him for a yeah, team. I've got Morelos. Um, you know, he's not prolific. And it'd be the same comment I make about Furuhashi, actually. You know, Scobie, he hasn't scored in back-to-back cinch matches this season so far. Obviously got the hatch against Dundee, grabbed the goal against the Dons. But I'm talking two-game um, breaks and things like that. So in a double game week, is he bagging more than a brace? I think it's a risk. I think it's a risk at this stage 
Maybe you need to roll the dice in mini leagues. Yeah, and but maybe I think... without Jota as well. And that's where I think Kyogo might have a good thing. He scored against, mm. he got the goal against Hearts. It wasn't a goal, but he did get the goal. It wasn't a goal. And then, so at this point, I just wonder. <laughs> was that a goal? It was not a goal. And I had my bit of paper out to, to check that. But um, without Jota, <laughs> I actually think he'll more of the play will go through him. Yeah. And I think mm. for that reason, he could really feast. We'll wait and see. Might be famous last words, but I think he's going to have a good double game week. Got a feeling. Uh, defensively, as I said, Tavernier, I think, is a Rangers option. I don't really see anyone else in the Rangers back. So, so I was I was watching this. So, for me, I think I actually think Tab has reduced in value since Van Staunchers has taken over because the the fullbacks are not as attacking yeah. under him. Like you know, if you look at the results that Rangers have had since he's come in, they've actually started keeping clean sheets again. You know, Dundee, sure. That's that's one. Hibs again kept a clean sheet, and under Gerard they just went so gung ho, and that was you know Tav and Barisic getting on so forward or whoever else is left back at that point. So I actually think Tav's value is decreasing, and maybe it's time. We always say this, you know, if you've got him, fine, but I wouldn't be buying him personally. Are you thinking maybe that Calvin Bassey might be an interesting shout? At three million, exactly. Played quite a lot of football under Geo so far. Yeah, they're looking very solid. I mean, he's someone I'm thinking of. If, if you, he's yeah. as value as Scott McCann. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's your no-brainer because I think they will keep more clean sheets under Geo. Uh, at three million, I mean, as you say, you you know you're 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 rubbing necks with the bottom six of defenders in the league. Uh, so he he would be my shout. I wouldn't be bringing in Tav. I, I think I think his attacking output is actually going to decrease massively under Gio because he's just not playing. He is basically trusting the midfield and the attackers to do the business at the at the, at the important end, whereas Gerard was far more. Let's overlap. Let's overlap. Let's overlap. But I'll probably get called. I'm talking shite, but that's just from what I've seen. Your first time. Lots, there's actually quite a lot of interesting stuff in there. And I, I think going forward, you know, we, we would sort of accept it for a while under under Jared with Rangers, with the way the pricing was and the way that Rangers were playing, that Tav was the only viable option, I think. Mm. But now it's sort of like, you know, I yeah. think... Uh, and obviously you've got to remember Kimar Roof is on penalties when he's on the pitch. Exactly. Exactly. So, wow, we... All right, where, where do we go next? Any more good questions from the Twitter sphere, John? <laughs> if you want a question. <laughs> Only if it's a good one. No, I think just chuck in a league, Scooby. I think everyone's done. <laughs> okay, we've done enough. We've talked enough. We'll leave it there for there. So league leader, and I just want to point this out, it's still Dortmund 5-0, Daniel Galan. He's top of our league on 1,068 points. He's actually third overall. Third overall in the game. So third? That is mental. That he's is He's flying the fantasy fit by a pod league flag. Yes, he is. He's been, he's been a stalwart from the start. Impressive stuff. Well done, Daniel. Top scorer this week was uh, Golazos Faram Siamin. Top scorer on 93 points so far. I'm going to admit that I did check that earlier in the evening. So it may have moved on a bit. But given the fact that Hibs did absolutely nothing tonight, I don't think it'll change too much. So we're going to give it to Go- Golasos. Well done, Ferran, uh, on your top score um, week there for us. Well, John, we made it. 
do you feel a bit more as it ended your day on high? Yes, it has. Do you know what? It really has. I've had a tough day. You've had a tough day, but look, you just get that tube to work tomorrow. Easy. And then <laughs> fly to Berlin. That's a cracking idea. Whoever That's came up with that. Uh, right. Well, until next time, listeners, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's never a chore. Um, we will speak to you after the next game week of great action. Could be the shed. <laughs>